Bear on Bears fans, Chicago Bears podcast, Matt the Designer, Jason McKee. J-Mac uh, getting the camera right out here. You got to get the angles, brother. It's all about the angles. You know, I'm a... I'm not the most technological sound guy. I'm on my laptop, so bear with me, guys. I'll be I'll be on the screen somewhere, though. You know, well, eventually. I mean? Yeah, I mean, that's all good. No, you all good, man. Hey, listen, we got a lot to get into today. Uh, this is pretty much our our main day here because of the holiday season coming up and all of that, right? Uh, really? Everybody's getting the turkeys ready. Every I mean, it's it's about to get crazy out here. Football all day. That's all I care about. I'm not going to lie. Football all day. I wake up. It's just a game. Oh, oh my God. Let's get it cracking. Uh, But we're going to preview this Bears and Vikings game because I mean, this is... uh, Me and J-Mac were just sitting here talking. After last week, dare I say I'm a little bit confident heading into this week. It's going to be an interesting game. We'll see what the Bears can do on Monday Night Football, talk about from the players' perspective, the locker room reacting. We got to talk about this coaching because somebody called into the post-post game show and left such a left such a poor taste in my mouth because of how they talked about the great head coaches in Bears history, and all they did was list them. So we'll talk about that and all that and more in today's episode of the Chicago Bears Pod. Hit that like button, subscribe to the page, leave that five star review. Y'all know what to do. J Mac, what it do? So, man, yeah, it's the season of giving, and uh, we got, you know, unfortunately, two teams that did some giving away last week. You know, the Vikings gave one away, and obviously you saw what we did out there in Detroit, but... Well done. Well done, J-Mac. Well done. A Um, true professional on that. But like you said, Pat, I'm I'm excited about football. You know, it's a lot of good football on Thursday. Uh, You know, this Bears team, they have another opportunity in front of the world on Monday night against the NFC North opponent to uh, to right their wrongs from last week. And I really felt like, as you've seen the game, they played well for the most part, except for the end of the game. Uh, the guys played physical. Uh, I think they ex- – did they execute at a high level the entire game? No, no team does, but they played well enough, and they made plays when they were there to be made. They just didn't continue making those plays at the end of the game to put the game away. So I think that's what's disheartening uh, in terms of that loss and – now I know we're going to get into the locker room, and you know I was in that locker room with those guys. I feel for yeah. them guys because, uh, like I said, man, these guys they're going to work every day, they're practicing every day, they're watching the film, they're lifting weights, they're they're trying to do the right things to put them in position to win games. And it's tough when you're a player and you go out there, you're not getting results. You know, on Sunday, it's hard to go back to the drawing board and do the same thing. It's hard to listen to your coach, you know, give you the same uh, uplifting speech, but then it's not translating out there on the field. And as a player, not just a player, but human nature, you're going to start questioning things. You're going to start questioning yourself. Yeah. Am I doing the right things to help this team win? Uh, am I doing everything I need to prepare to make sure I'm ready for a game? And you're going to start questioning everything. The coach, your position coach, the culture, you know, the team in general, you're going to question. You may start questioning the man next to you like, man, is like, is he putting the same work I am? Yeah. Um, it's tough, man. It's hard. It's going to be I- – was there ever a loss that you went through? Well, clearly nobody's ever gone through a loss like what the Bears just went through. So clearly you didn't go through one of those. But was there a loss that you went through where it was, I know we should have won that game. I know 110% that we were a better team in this game and we came out on the losing end. Yeah. And how did you over? How did y'all overcome that as a team? There was two of them. It was the, uh, well, I'll start back. Um, the Carolina game, we lost in the playoffs. And yeah. uh, I think it was 05. Yeah. And uh, that's a game that Steve Smith went bananas on us. And, uh, you know, we had beat that same team earlier in the year. And I felt like we as a team got better as the year progressed. And they did, too. I give them credit, too. Carolina got better as well. 
Uh, that game was at home. Um, I think what really hurt us is having that bye week um, and then having to play that game after a bye week. And, you know, as a player, when you get in the rhythm, you get in that same routine every week, week in and week out, you know, you start building momentum. And I think our momentum was halted yeah. having that bye week. It's like we had to restart. So uh, that game, we started slow. And then, you know, that Carolina was hitting on all cylinders. I think there was the wild card that year. And, uh, you know, they got out ahead and we tried to come back and it was just too late. And the other one is obviously the Super Bowl. Um, I felt like we were definitely the better team. We were the more physical team. Um, You know, just some things we did in that game uh, that I still scratch my head on uh, today. But at the end of the day, um, you know, that's just the way that's just the way the ball rolls sometimes. I I, listen the Super Bowl. I still to this day, I just wish. Wish Lovey had uh, Luke Getz's game plan in the last two minutes. Just run the ball. Just run. I'm sorry. I had a I had a flashback there, Jay Mack. That's my fault. <laughs> so I mean, I mean, uh, Thomas Jones. Uh, let's jump into this Bears Vikings preview, man, because I do think that there is something to be said about you know what the Bears just went through. The one thing that Lance said that I I do give a lot of credit to is that not, not that I don't give credit to the other stuff. Y'all y'all be it's clickbait there. You got to clarify yourself in this world, but. <laughs> He said 56 minutes of football was great. Yeah. Four minutes was horrible. Yep. Don't worry about the 56. Let's fix the four. If this Bears team can go out and play 60 minutes of football like they played the 56 versus the Lions heading into this Vikings game. Yeah. I'm actually confident heading into this week. I actually feel good going up against the Vikings. Like, I actually feel like almost a little chesty. I know we're not a good team. I know I'm not going to beat my chest about, you know, going up against the Vikings, but they won this game based on establishing the run and getting Josh Dobbs out on, on, on the edges for some of those nice throws, right? Yeah. The one thing I can say to the Bears' defense was pretty good at for 56 minutes of football was destroying the run. And making sure that the quarterback stay in the pocket. Now he was a very he he he's not going anywhere most more times than not. But I just feel like heading into this game, the Bears are actually suited to be the better team versus this Vikings team. Yeah, and and I agree with you. And I hear the thing, right? A game like we just had, right? There's there's two sides of the coin, right? And I'm gonna start with the positive side, going off of what you just said, Pat. The positive side is like you said, let's build upon what we did well in this game. So if I'm a coach, if I'm if I'm just really focusing on the positive side, I'm going to say, you know what? We're going to watch the good. We're going to forget the bad. We're going to burn that tape. We ain't watching that. Mm. We're going to look at the 56 minutes of good that we did, the 56 minutes of dominance that we had out there in Detroit. And let's build upon that. This is who we can be. This is who we actually are. But we have to go out there and show it all the time. And the only thing we didn't do was we didn't put our foot on their throat and put the game away when we had the opportunities. So if I'm the coach, national audience, Monday night football, let's put our foot on their throat. You know what I'm saying? And the leaders in the locker room, they have to echo that same message throughout the locker room. And I asked Justin Fields that after the game. I asked Tremaine Edmonds that after the game. What is the message to your team? you know, after a loss like this. And they all said this. Then Tremaine said, hey, you know, we got to put our head down and keep grinding. Justin Fields says, yes, there is positives we can build upon this game. And he was going to make sure he let his teammates know that, right? So that's what those guys have to do. That's what the coaches have to do. That's what the, the captains have to do in turn all week. 
keeping the mental aspect in terms of that whole locker room at a high level. Now, here's the other way things can go, right? Guys start harping on the last few minutes of that game. Last four minutes. Right, the last four minutes. And it goes back to what I said when we opened the pod, right? Some guys, regardless of what that coach is going to say, regardless of what that captain is going to say, the guys are going to have that doubt creep in their mind. All yeah. that negativity is going to creep in their mind. Dang, are we a bad team? Oh, we suck. We played good. We we failed for the last four minutes. Man, are we that bad? You know, is coach going to get fired? Oh, Justin Fields, am I the quarterback of the future? Caleb Williams, Drake may talk out here. You know what I'm saying? All that, all that negativity creeps into your mind, yeah. right? You start believing that, right? You don't believe, you don't have belief in your teammate next to you. You don't have belief in yourself. You don't have, you don't believe in the scheme or this coaching staff. And guess what? You go out there and you and you look completely opposite in terms of the way you did the first 56 minutes of that game. You look terrible and you get embarrassed by a team that you have an opportunity to beat. Yeah. I and and that's that's the one thing for me that like, right, the last four minutes of the game, to me, if they let that be their identity, I mean, you got killed basically in two minute drill, yeah. the whole game, you lost the game off a two minute drill. Yeah. If you let that be the thing that breaks you, right, then you are the team that you are. And it's been a long season and now three and eight, you know, but I just feel like Every week has been like, okay, that is a little bit better. That's moving in the right. I can see improvement here. I can see improvement here. But it's just getting, as the losses continue to pile up, you you could see it in Justin's face at the end of it. The look was, what else do I got to do? Yeah. And, I, and, and I, they're all going to be piling on Justin. He knows what's coming this week. It's just yeah. like, what else do I got to do? Well, the encouraging thing that I saw from him after the game is he didn't really have that dejected and defeated look. Was yeah. he mad? Of course, everybody was mad in there, and there was a lot. I of thought the comment was great. It's the first time I've ever heard him be cocky. He said, and I don't know if it was cocky. It was just true. He's like, we should have won the game. Yeah, hundred percent. Like even in the locker room, he was just like, man, you know, he was he was upset, but at the same time, like he didn't have that look of being defeated. You yeah. know what I mean? Like he was like, man, like everybody's shocked. Some guys were more defeated and more dejected than than the other guys, but Justin, like he still had his head up high. Um, obviously he played a good game, but. You know, I felt like there was a level of confidence still within him. Um, like he said, you know, we should have won the game, and it should have. And yeah. it's when you look at the way the game broke down, right, it was the fact that you gave them the game. And when I say you gave them the game is because you stopped being aggressive. You took your foot off the gas, offensively yeah. and defensively, right? Yeah. You didn't do the thing. Like, when you came into that stadium, that first drive was beautiful. Getsy was aggressive in play call, and the play calls fit the talents of Justin Fields. They went right at Detroit. They set a tone of physicality. They executed a high level. And what happened? They go on the drive and they score first. Right? You take the air out of that stadium. Yeah. Then throughout the entire game, right? The defense set it, set a tone. Right? The defensive line were they getting home to Jared Goff at first? No. But what they were doing was they were getting their hands up, affecting the passing lanes, getting tip balls, which led to those interceptions, which led to those takeaways. Yeah. So, you know, you came out with a lot of energy. And like, hey, we got nothing to lose. We're going out here. We're going to, one thing we're going to do is we're going to be more physical than them. And that's going to give us a chance to win this game. We're going to be more aggressive than them. But then at the last, like you said, the last half of the game, right, you sat back. You started playing not to lose. Oh, let's just keep everything in front of us defensively. Let's just give up the check down. Give up right. the check down. They're going to, well, like Coach Flew said, they scored too fast. Yeah, because we're just giving them, we're giving them chunk yardage. Like, 
which is giving them. Hey, that that's the down. funniest thing ever. Yeah, I think they got down the field too fast. You playing fifteen yards off? Yeah, you, I mean, yeah, and, and like you know, if you stay aggressive, make golf uncomfortable in that pocket, Pat. Like he's a guy that's not going to scramble. He's a guy that's not necessarily going to hurt you with his legs or extend plays yeah. a lot. He's going to be at a landmark, and that D line knows if they get to that mark, yeah. right? They can they can affect him. They can make him uncomfortable in that pocket. But if you don't get to that mark, what I love what the Bears D line did, they were getting their hands up. The same thing that you should have been doing on those last two drives to put the game away is the same thing you should have been doing defensively the whole game that yeah. you that you were doing the whole game, and you just stopped and you gave them an opportunity. You gave them life. You gave them confidence. You gave them momentum. And you gave him a win. See, it's funny. It's funny to hear it from an offensive player's perspective because Lance was like, you gave us two touchdowns. We supposed to win that game. That's on the defense. Right. And, and he likes the mindset of that. Maybe he didn't like the play calling per se, but he liked the mindset of it's okay to run the clock out. Now that's what you're supposed to do in this moment because the defense is supposed to be able to get two stops. 100%. 100%. Going out there. But it sounds like you're more on the, hey, listen, you got to keep your foot on the gas, which is, is the side I think most yeah. of Chicago's on. You got to yeah. keep your foot on the gas because you're not that good of a team. And I, to yeah. me, I'm like, Lance, he thinks he got y'all on defense, right? Like, I correct me if I'm wrong, but like, Lovey would play prevent, but y'all have one of the best red zone defenses in the NFL, if not the best red zone defense in the NFL. So it would be like you play prevent all the way and they get to the red zone and they'd be like, all right, now you know you're not moving past the 20, right? Going to kick that field goal. Just get You could get kicked it on first down. It's going to be yeah, the same result. This is the thing. We could do that because we had a front four that could get home. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. guys weren't necessarily getting home, but what, like I said, they did a great job of affecting the passing lanes, getting their hands up, tipping balls throughout the entire game. And yeah. then if you notice on that last drive, right, we talked about it, the last three drives, Montez Sweat, I'm standing next to him on the sideline. Tremaine Edmonds, I'm standing next to him on the sideline. Two of your, two of your marquee players on yeah, defense, we talked about they, that weren't, even they yeah. weren't even in. And I asked Tremaine after the game. You can, they can pull up, you can pull up my post-game uh, interview with Tremaine, and it was short because he didn't really want to answer a lot of questions. And yeah, I, you know, I feel for him, but I got to ask the questions. And I said, hey, Tremaine, you know, notice on that last drive, um, you know, you you weren't you weren't in on that last drive, and he he didn't really answer the question. He's like, "Yeah, we got to get a stop there." So I don't know, you know, I don't know what happened. I, he seemed like he was healthy to me. I ain't gonna yeah. start any rumors. I don't know, you know. But that's what was confusing to me is you know Montez Sweat is not really out there, and then Tremaine Edmonds wasn't in on that drive. One of your yeah. your marquee players, one of your players that has the athleticism right to affect the middle of the field. Yeah, seen as dinking and dunking over the middle of the field, and your guy's not there. So that, that's what's hard for me to stomach. We we talked about that yesterday too, right? And it, it's the one thing, right? Like Courtney took it back to the first week uh, when DJ Moore's not in there on a touchdown uh, 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 drive versus the Packers, right? And yeah. It, like when I heard Floosh yesterday, and I'm just pairing things together, right? Jay Mack and I are gonna do this. He, I'm the podcast. I don't care. Uh, when I heard Floosh yesterday, take it back to 
well, you know, whoever the defensive coordinator they called that defense versus the Saints, he made some really good calls, right? And he, it just flashed me back to Matt Nagy when Matt Nagy was sitting there. Listen, I'm the head coach. This is real. This, and it was I'm putting myself above the players, and so I, and what I'm calling is God, and what everybody else is doing is what I command for everybody else to do. It feels to me like the the narrative of right i think what they're going with now is that the players took themselves out i don't buy it i call bs because you know what montez sweat almost never took himself out in washington he got to chicago and now he's like you know what boys i've been out there 20 minutes i need a breather no yeah. i don't buy it tremaine they played on the field for 19 minutes of play 19 minutes 46 seconds why would they be too tired to be out on the field? There's something in your defense, in your scheme that Flus is calling that calls for them to not be on the field in that moment, and that's moronic. I don't know what that is, but, I mean, I like I said, I'm just – I'm on the sideline. I'm right next to the guys, but I'm not in the huddle, but I'm close yeah. enough. Like, I'm three, three or four feet away where I'm looking at him, and, you know, Montez had his helmet on. He's engaged looking on the field. Tremaine had his helmet on. Did Tremaine have his helmet on? I think he did have his helmet on, engaged looking at the field. Um, so I was confused. I'm like, well, I'm looking. I'm like, I don't know why Tremaine's not out there. Yeah. You know, and then uh, Montez came out there, you know, after half the drive. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just, yeah, I, I don't understand that, but I don't know. I'm not in those meeting rooms. I, you know, I know Coach talked about there's a rotation. And, yeah, a lot of teams, they had that D-line rotation now to keep guys fresh. But at the end of the day, right, you got to be fresh when the game's on the line. Like, I don't care. Who was dead? I don't care it how It was 19 minutes, 46 seconds. Who was hey, tight? There's no such thing as being dead. You got to go to that reserve fuel tank and turn the, and, and, and put your foot on that gas pedal, right, at that point and get to the quarterback. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's game time. It's crunch time. Like, we have a chance to beat the top team in the NFC North right now at home. So, if we win that game, it's like we won two. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Because you're, you're, you're going against an NFC North opponent and it's at home. The game has much more weight, so I, I was so confused by that. You know, it's it's tough, man. It really is. Even as a former player, to to go in that locker room and to see the emotions that those guys had leaving that locker room, to see Ryan Pohl's face leaving the locker room, and and the person that took it, I think that I saw that took it the worst was Darnell Wright. He was so upset with himself. Yeah. He was so upset with himself that last play. And if you watch the All Twenty Two. Darnell Wright did a hell of a job on Aiden Hutchinson the whole game. Yeah. And he took yeah. that last play to heart to the fact that on the way out of the locker room, Ryan Poles came over and they had a one-on-one -on -one conversation. And, yes, I was eavesdropping. So a little bit. You know, break, break what, 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 what you talking about, Ryan? What, 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 what you talking about, Ryan? <laughs> so, you know, Ryan was just telling me, he's like, hey, man, like, you know, he was like, you put together, you had a good game. He's like, don't let that one play beat yourself. And Ryan, I respect that because Ryan was talking to him as a former player, as a fellow offensive yeah. lineman. He wasn't talking to him as Ryan Poles, a GM. He was talking to him as Ryan Poles, a fellow offensive lineman. Yeah. He was just trying to encourage him. And, and, and Darnell took it hard. And you know, like I tweeted out after the game, like Dar and, and Darnell Wright was not healthy the whole game. There were several times I've seen him limping around. And I even talked about it on our post game, Pat. There was one play where I thought he was going to come out. And he, you know, he took a knee and he took his fist and he pounded it in the turf and got back up and got back in that huddle. And yeah. when I saw that, I was like, man, you know what? This this rookie, we already knew he had something, but I was like, this rookie has heart. Hey, this man. rookie is putting it on the line for his team, man. And I, I would have loved to play with that guy, you know, yeah. any, he, any he, Sunday, he, man. 
He seems like one of those players. And, and the reason that I love him, right, that one, like when you look at the All-22, when we say he did a good job against Aiden Hutch, like he did a, like, I don't, I've, I've never seen somebody do that good of a job again. And I've said this multiple times this season, right? Like with premier pass, or who was the other one we was talking about? Um, oh, uh, Aiden Hutchinson and uh, who's old boy in, uh, in Oakland? Why can't I think of it? Max Crosby. Yeah, Max The job Crosby. he did against Max Crosby yeah. was one of those where it was like, I've never seen nobody shut down Max Crosby for pretty much a whole game. Darnell Wright is playing, doing things that elite right tackles in this NFL struggle to do. And the fact that he took that last play so hard. Now, of course, right, it ends up being a strip sack. It goes out for a safety. Yeah. The end of the game. But it's 30 seconds. You're hoping for a prayer at that point. You're trying to get down the field. It, what were we at the the ten or the because yeah. because of the penalty and all that you're trying to get down ninety yards down the field like we were on our ten yard line I think somewhere around yeah. there um, yeah because we end up getting a penalty on there for a block in the back or something like that yeah and and the thing about that play too Pat is you know when you go back and watch the all twenty two uh, I had a different perspective because when I was there I was like man he got beat with a speed rush you yeah. know and then rewatching the all twenty two in the game it almost looked like Justin almost had a little time to step up in the pocket. Yeah, he did. But I just don't, you know, it, it happens so fast. Justin's eyes are downfield and boom. You know what I mean? That's, I mean, that's how quick things happen. So, yeah, you know, it's, I feel, I feel. Him, and I think it's, Justin it's said as much. He said, I got to step up in that yeah. moment. That's on me. Yeah. So, but, man, it's, it's tough, man. I mean, I was, I was thrilled. One of the biggest takeaways, and we've talked about this all year, Pat, that I was thrilled to see, like you said, for most of the game, a game plan that really highlighted Justin Fields' skill set. Yeah, and every time we see the game plan devised to take to 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 put his his skill set on display, he goes out there and balls, man. Like he yeah. goes out there and balls. So when we're talking about evaluations on if we have a franchise quarterback, if we have our franchise quarterback or not, I think we do. Basically, if you if you're giving him the right game plan, yeah, we see when you don't give him. You know, when you don't put him in position to make plays scheme-wise, he struggles because what you're calling isn't him. Yeah. But when you give him the right game plan, you see what he does. I mean, he's a, a nightmare. I mean, yeah. even, even Dan Campbell said in his press conference after the game, he said, man, that dude, like, he's a dude. Like, he played well. He did I think that's the thing, too, right? Like, it's like, I don't need to see that specific game plan every week where he's running for 18 carries, honey. I don't need to see that every week because – I don't think Justin Fields is Lamar Jackson. But when you watched what Lamar Jackson did to Detroit, that was the perfect game plan for that game. There are going to be some games where Justin can stand in the pocket and let that mug rip. There's going to be some games where he's got to use his legs more than his arms. The fact that you have a guy that can do both. And there's still flaws with Justin. Listen, there was... The 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 one big play where he throws at the DJ more off balance, like a baseball player, right? Those are like a shortstop. He could have stood in the pocket and threw it right to Darnell Mooney over the middle. There's still things that's going to be missed, but when you have a guy that's that dynamic, when you have a guy that can make something out of nothing, that to me is more valuable than having a guy that can stand back there and just, you know, I'm in the pocket and I know what I'm doing, right? Because then you can fit a system to that guy that accentuates what he does well. If Luke Getzey can consistently fit a system to this guy that accentuates what he does well, he might save his job. I don't know. It, it's getting ugly. I, he, he's, we're running out of games for these coaches. 
We're running out of games. I know Lance wants to keep everybody. Run it back. We're building something in the right direction. We don't want to start over. Rick said he wants to keep everybody. Lance basically is on some uh, – he he feels like – well, you know, first off, the defense playing better, so he's there on that. Defense but uh, defense, defense is playing well. But he's basically like, you don't want to start over. Yeah. I right? You don't want to start at square one. You want to continue yeah. to build. You're building towards something. You're getting better. You're four minutes away. Listen, I but, I, you know, no disrespect, but I feel like Dave Weinstead was four minutes away his entire career, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. like there's yeah. sometimes where coaches are always four minutes away as a head coach. I should say he was a great offensive coordinator, but and it's man, it's it's a tough job. I'm, I'm a coach. It's a tough job, man. And yeah. I'm not a coach on their level, you know, but it's the, the time, the amount of time, the commitment level, the hours you put in. It's like it's it's, you know, something you don't see all like people. The normal the normal person doesn't see. Yeah. And, you know, I'm sure them guys are at that facility. Damn, they're 18 hours a day. They're probably sleeping there. You know, yeah. trying to right their wrongs, trying to make sure they're doing everything they can to to get back in that win column. So, you know, it's tough, man. I, I want these coaches to do well. I want this team to do well. You know, I don't it's it, it it's frustrating. It's it's hard to see week in and week out because like we keep saying, you do have some pieces on this team. You do have, you know, a lot of good yeah, talent. Like, that offensive line went healthy, man. Like it's I mean, we're just a couple pieces away. Like yeah. I I love it. I love the way Tevin Jenkins plays the game. I already talked about Darnell Wright. Nate Davis does some good things. Braxton Jones is still developing. You know what I'm saying? Like, you have the good foundations of a solid offense line. You got good yeah. backs. You got good backs. And, you know, I, I think we need some more, you know, options for Justin to get the ball downfield. You know, I'm not happy with my boy Tyler Scott, man. I love him to death. But come on, Tyler. We need you, baby. We need you, man. But you know what? Even mm-hmm. that, right? Even that to me, I think, if, and I, I love the game Justin played. The one flaw that I do give Justin, Justin got his guy. The rest of y'all get the rest. And I feel like that's how, right? Like everything was get the ball to DJ. Find a way to get the ball to DJ. Now he's getting the ball to DJ. Darnell not really getting the ball. Cole gets the ball kind of on some of those little underneath joints. So if there's a big a big yeah. play over the middle, right? And he's wide open. You'll get the ball to Cole. But, right, like, everybody else just kind of gets the scraps. And I get it, right? Like, with a number one receiver, that's often how it does go. But you would like to see it spread out a little bit because there were moments after watching y'all 22 where I was like, Darnell wide open. It's not on Darnell. Yeah. He's doing his job. And I feel like that is the one, at least right now, and it don't mean it'll be a flaw his whole career, but right now the one flaw that I think Justin has is he zeroes in on his guy. Now, yep. the good thing is that his guy is really good at getting open. His guy's open. His guy's making plays. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, you can't you can't hate I, on his guy. He's he's I a pretty good guy. Yeah. I'd he, love to have that guy. I mean, he gave he got like you said, he gave some scraps to Darnell. He gave some scraps to Cole. Yeah. He try to give scraps to Tyler. You don't want the scraps. You know what I mean? So I, you know. Do you like Tyler on that play? Do you like that they're like to me, that should be Darnell Mooney. Talking about just in terms of the personnel? In terms, in terms of, of the personnel on that, because they had a bunch set to the right, right, with DJ, Darnell. Yeah, to the right. Tyler was one-on-one on the uh, – Tyler on was one-on-one. On one. Like, I get it, right, because yeah. all the safety eyes are over there, right? Darnell's over there, DJ's over there, so Tyler's open. Mm-hmm. But I'd, I'd rather have a dude that I know isn't going – So you're saying, I, like, if you would have had DJ over there, put Tyler over there in the bunch, let DJ run the go route. Let everybody run what they did. Everybody ran over. Right? Now I don't think you could. I don't think you could put DJ over there because all eyes are on DJ, yeah. right? Like the reason the play works is because it's Tyler Scott. Yeah, 
But I think that that play could work with Darnell Mooney because there's, I mean, he had one target at that point. Yeah, and, you know, it's just finishing the play, too. The yeah. play work if you finish the play as a receiver, yeah. right? You've got to run through the ball. You can never slow up and, you know, I don't know, like he lost track of the ball. You've got to finish the play. We're giving you an opportunity, Rook. Yeah. We're giving you an opportunity, Rook, to seal the game in Detroit, NFC North game, you know, against the top team in the NFC North. You got an opportunity to put the game away. I'm going to give you a chance, Rook. Go make the play. I mean, I, like, I get it. It's never going to be a perfect world. Oh, we should have had this guy there, this guy there. But at the end of the day, when there's plays to be made, yeah. right, and you're a player, you've got to make that play. Like, we gave you an opportunity to make a play. you got to make it. And you didn't make it because you, you hesitated for a minute. You slowed down or you lost sight of the ball. And it happens. And it's just unfortunate. Is it hard to track in Ford Field? We, I've heard a couple of times now that it's hard to track the football in there because of the – the gray iron that's up there and stuff like yeah, it's that. A little, it's a little dark in there, but there's no excuses. You know what I'm saying? Football, like, there's going to be games where you look back, that sun's beaming in your eye. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's going to be cold. Whatever, man. Like, we're professionals. And trust me, I've dropped a lot of passes. I ain't saying I've I dropped a ton right in my face that I should have caught. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That was it funny. You caught me off guard with that one. It happens, <laughs> man. Like, I mean, it happens. I ain't going to sit there and like, 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 I've caught every pass. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, I've dropped a ton of passes. I should have caught. But at the end of the day, like, if you want to be, like, if you want to be in this league for a long time, right, what makes you a pro is, right, you make the routine play when it's there to be made, but you make the big play when your number's called more often than not. And that's a situation where I felt like Justin put that ball right where it needed to be. And, you know, Tyler will tell you he's got to come down with it. Like, it's, I mean, it's, it's unfortunate, but that's what happened. And whenever you get after the game, you get the, uh, oh, man, listen, that's on me. Everybody doing the that's on me thing, that's when you know it wasn't a good game. So, you know, it didn't end the way you wanted it to, man. <laughs> like I said, man, I I feel for all them guys, man. I feel yeah. for them coaches, man. I know it's tough, man. I, and just to see their faces when they were leaving, you know, I'm sitting in there, like, shocked and disheartened. Like, I played the game. Like, I, you know, I'm watching the game, and, I, and I'm hurt. Like, I lost yeah. the game because, you know, I'm – now, I'm right there with them guys. You know what I mean? It's family. It's very family, man. Like, it's – I want this team to do well. Um, but, you know, it's tough, man. It's tough, like you said, when you play good football the whole game. I mean, you yeah. played some of your best football we've seen all year. And then, like you said, before the show, to get kicked in your in – your, you know what, at the end. Hey. Yeah. God. That was, that was a kick in the regions, boys. That was yeah. a kick in the re- nether regions on that one. Kick me in the Jimmy. Right. Yeah, I mean – the, like uh, mm-hmm. voice was a little high after that game. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah let's keep yeah. this thing moving along, man. I will. I will say this. What What do we have as far as uh, your prediction heading into Sunday? Let's chop it up on that a little bit because I think that uh, there's one or two ways this can go. Right. All this adversity can be. We're right there. Let's get over the line, and then we got them again. Yeah. Right. Like that's the one thing. Like now, granted, y'all were a much better football team, but like. We always hear that y'all were ready for the Patriots heading into that Super Bowl because y'all felt like y'all knew how to beat them. Yeah. And you wanted them again. Like, no, nah, they're not going to beat us again. We got yeah. the Lions in two weeks. And so now you got the Vikings this week. Learn from it. I, I think that this sets up perfectly for you to finish out 60 minutes of football. I actually think that the Bears do a lot of things well that hinder the Vikings in this one. And then go out there and get your revenge. But let's focus on this week first. 
What are your thoughts heading into this game? How did the Bears come out of it with a win? Yeah, I mean, first of all, just setting the the, the tone of the game, you got a Vikings team that lost one as well, kind of the same way that we just lost last week. You know, team, yeah. I think they were on a four-game win streak. They didn't yeah. – this is their first loss since they beat us back in, was it week six? Yes, so, yep. So, I mean, they're going to be, you know, ready to – they're going to be excited. They're back at home. Like I said, Monday Night Football, <clears throat> there's an added sense of intensity when you're playing in front of the world. Uh, but for the Bears, man, I think you it, – it's going to be – it's that first game was a close game. You know, it was a game of field goals until, you know, Bears, we made mistakes. We gave up the one touchdown pass to Jordan Addison. Defensively, yeah. defensively they shut down the run. They played Kirk Cousins really well. They gave up that one pass. And then offensively, Bajan, you remember, strip sack, Jordan Hicks returns it for a touchdown. Like, yeah. And then we still had an opportunity in the game to, to win. And, you know, Bajan underthrew D.J. Moore on that go route. So yeah. if I'm the Bears, I'm looking at this team now. New quarterback under center, Josh Dobbs, um, you know, highly intelligent guy, makes a lot of plays downfield in the passing game. But the thing that I think he has that Kirk doesn't have is he's a little bit more athletic in terms of, you know, he'll scramble – and extend plays. You know, he can hurt you with his legs. So, you know, defensively, it all starts with the run. And that's something that we've been great at all year. You got to shut down the run. And I think the Vikings have gotten better uh, since we played them, running the ball with Madison. And uh, they got the other guy in there, Ty Chandler, who had a pretty good game last week. But the one thing we do know is the Vikings team will turn the ball over. You know, we saw Dobbs on the first play against Denver uh, in that running back, which I don't know why, got hit. He stripped the ball, got stripped, turned the ball over. Madison yeah. had a fumble. Um, you know, Ty Chandler trying to block Josie, uh, Josie Jewel in pass protection gets beat. Dobbs gets hit as he's throwing the ball. That ball's picked off, and that was that's still their fate. So this is a team that we can get after defensively, building upon what we did in Detroit. You know, get after these guys, and they will give you opportunities to 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 get takeaways, to put your offensive position to on short fields, to put points on the board. And this week, more than you know, last week we have to take advantage of those takeaways with those opportunities that we get. Yeah. You can't get a takeaway and, and only come out of it with just field goals or no points at all. You've got to put touchdowns on the board after getting a takeaway from your defense. Yeah. I was I was I was irritated by that, but there's also the part of like I always remind people like, I always remind them, I'd be like, y'all know they get paid a lot of money to be a top 10 defense on the other side, too, right? Like, people, I feel like a lot of people think that it's Madden out there. So, turnover, I got to score a touchdown. It's like, now, you got to come away with points, right? Like, if we get any points on those first two turnovers, we win the game still. 100%. And I feel like th- that's the part that irritated me the most. Like, you didn't even come away with three. At least come away with three. Yeah. And I feel like even in those moments, right, it was, we got to take away. Let's be careful. Let's just try and get in. the. The mindset that I don't want to continue around here, whether the coaches are here or not, but it, I think the worst mindset is the mindset of I did enough. Yeah. Let's just do enough. Because if you just try to do enough, you're going to fall short of enough. And we saw the Bears fall short of enough multiple times in this game, right? Like, But they felt that it feels like so many times during the season, it's just we're up 12. We did enough. No, you didn't because you lost because we're sitting here talking about a loss. Well, we should have done more in this moment. Well, if you had done more in those moments, you might not need more in that moment, right? Like, so I just feel like the Bears mindset is too short-sighted right now. And that's that's what leads to a lot of these losses. That's something that needs to die immediately. And I and it, it again, right, I, we've talked about the hits principle all season. It, wearing the hits principle is do enough 
right? The first word is hustle. Hustle means I'm doing everything I can. I, it could be seven people standing in front of me. I'm going to fight through seven people to try and get to the other side. Like, that's, that's hustle. Hustle isn't, uh, you know, I, I ran for a little while and I got tired. I fell over. Yeah, I mean, like, I just, I, uh, the whole mindset from the coaching staff down is just something that. <sighs> like, it goes back to it's learning how to win. Yeah. You know, having that winning pedigree. Yeah. You know, overcoming the adversity that you're going to face in a game. Right. They make a play. Well, we've got to come back and have that mentality, have that edge, have that grit, have that dog yeah. to come back and say they made a play. Well, hell, you ain't going to punch me in my chest. I'm going to punch you in the chest back. We're going to make a play. And that's and that, like we get punched in the face and we just like, oh, yeah, that's, I'm going to just I'm going to try. I'm going to see if I can make a miss punching me in the face again. Well, put yeah. your hands up, brother Jesus. Yeah. And that just comes back from, you know, you, you have a young team. You have a team that has that hasn't had a lot of success. Yeah. And, you know, I'm not saying it's like that for all of these guys, but I'm sure it is for some of them that when something bad happens, when you're down in the game, oh, damn, here we go again. We lost. Whereas oh, on, that's the side, creep in, yeah. you're on the flip side, you look at Detroit, right? They just had a game against the Chargers in which they had to do the same thing. Came back and won that game. Yeah. Previous week. Now they're down in, in our game and they're just keep, they're, they keep fighting. Golf yeah. one picks. They never wavered. We're going we gonna to stick with it. We're going to stick with it. Like that, yeah. coach, that coach preaches grit, grit, right? Dan Campbell, former player. Like, he ain't going to let his team be complacent. He's got that fiery – that he's a fiery leader, and, he's, you know, he's probably telling these guys, hey, you know what? Let them celebrate in the first half. The yeah, second yeah. half is ours. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's – you got you to have that grit and that dog to be able to put a game away when it's there to be put away. And if you give – Really good teams that's 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 used to winning that has a belief now that's turning a corner. If you leave that door open, you leave that a crack open in that door. Well, guess what? They're gonna kick that damn door in, and yeah. you're gonna be at the end of the game. You're gonna be watching them celebrate like we were. Yeah, it's so, it's. You know? I think that Campbell's mindset is one of the reasons why Detroit was able to do what they did last year, yeah. right? Because in the moment that we're in, if we're at the end of that game, and we have Dan Campbell as our head coach. Oh, you best believe Dan Campbell's still throwing the football. Now, is it crazy? Maybe you want to run the ball out. Maybe you want, like, but, like, he's so, we have to be aggressive all the time. And that aggressiveness is how they come back in that game. That aggressiveness is how you keep your foot on a team's throat, right? Like, oh, they think that they come. Like, I I don't think I've ever seen Dan Campbell just say, all right, we're going to pack it in here, boys. Good game. Yeah. I've never seen that. Yeah, and to your point, and what you're, what you're, you know, what I think you're trying to say, or what I'm going to say is, your team takes on the identity of the head coach. So yep. if you have a fiery coach, an aggressive coach, a physical coach, right? That's the style of play that your team is going to display every single week. Yep. You know, like your team, like I said before, takes on the identity of your head coach. So the way your team plays. The game, right, and all three phases, offense, defense, and special teams, the way your team plays, that's the personality and the, the identity of your head coach. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I, I think that's why Luke Getzey packs it in. I think that's why uh, I, I said even, right, like the Bears to me had that mindset in that game, and that's the one mindset I need to see killed this week moving forward. Yeah. Where – Tremaine Edmonds misses that tackle. That was the moment where I was like, yeah. this game's probably over. 
Like, we're probably about to start losing this game. I'm not going to lie to you. It still felt improbable, but I was like, that was the moment where it creeped in because it was like, he should have made the tackle, of course, but nobody was around him. Yeah, right. Nobody was there to help him. Nobody was there if he missed that tackle. And it felt like everybody else was like, he got it. He did enough. Like you said, where's the hustle? Where's the hustle to the ball? Yeah, I feel like we keep having that conversation. And uh, this this Bears team, man, they, they're going to uh, they're going to get our blood pressure up one way or the other. That is uh, one thing that we can definitely guarantee. Let's touch on some of these uh, other topics that we had on the day, though. Appreciate you guys tuning in and showing love. Well, let's get a prediction there, J Mac. What do you got going in this game? You got a Bears win, man? Ah, uh, man. You know, I'm always I'm always on the side of my Bears, and I, and I know that those guys are they're hurting. I know they're they should be excited to get another opportunity this week. So I'm going to go out and I'm going to say 24-17 Bears. Monday night. I ain't going to lie to you. I'm, I'm a little bit bullish. I'm a little bit bullish. I'm going to say the Bears win this game 32-21. I think, I think the Bears actually dominate this game and, and find a way to hold on to it. I know that sounds crazy, y'all. But, like, if they don't establish the run, Josh Dobbs ain't that good. Like, it's the same, it's the same formula as with Kirk Cousins. And, and Don't let Alexander Madison get 150 yards. Yeah. And the quarterback's got to make all the plays. And here's the key, too. Like, the Vikings still are on the fence about what to do with Justin Jefferson, right? Because I think they have a bye after this game, right? Yeah, so I, I don't believe he's going to play in this. Yeah, because they think they I, they got a bye after this game just like we Same do. as us, yep. So, you know, they're like, do we just hold him out this week? And he gets the bye week to rest. So you basically give him two weeks to rest before we bring him back. I yeah. hope that's what they do. Hey. <laughs> I don't know what they do. I hope that's hey, what man. We'll see. We'll see what it ends up being. I do want to get your thoughts, though, because uh, I don't think he was a former teammate. You were gone by the time Marty Bennett showed up, wasn't he? Was he? Was he? Yeah, he get there. Uh, yeah, 13, 13. You were gone by the time Marty Bennett showed up in uh, Chicago. Martellus Bennett. Yeah. Bennett, yeah. Mm-hmm. But, uh, he has some interesting things to say about the uh, Chicago Bears franchise after that loss. Uh, basically uh, talking about the owners, saying the Bears' ownership lacks futurism. The entire business model is built on selling the past. The 85 Bears, are always they're always trying to recreate that old product instead of buying new product. Um, he said they're okay with losing games, but not the brand built on the past. The Bears need an entire rebrand top to bottom. Ownership is going to transition the organization into the future. They need ownership that's going to transition the organization into the future. Basically, you know, talking about I love Chicago, but yeah, they ain't never going to be anything because they still trying to hold on to 85. What are your thoughts on what Martellus Bennett had to say about the Bears organization? Yeah, you know. I'm not saying they're they're ho- yeah they hold on to 85 because I mean it, it pains me to say this that's the only that's the team that won the Super Bowl like yeah. you know what I mean and and you know we were a team that was close to doing that um, so I get what he's saying um, I don't think they're okay with losing I don't I don't agree with that part you know I know the McCatches get fired up you know they they're pissed off that's why you see there's been so many firings and hirings because they're trying to find the right coach and GM to run this thing. Yeah, um, you know what I'm saying. So, you know, do I do think they it's 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 an organization that's based on tradition. Don't get me wrong. That's why the uniforms haven't changed. That's why you don't see all the different colorways like all these teams are, are yeah. wearing and stuff like that. Like it's built upon tradition, and that's the way that 
the McCaskey family wants this organization run. But, you know, I know they're not they don't accept losing. I know that for a fact. You know, I know it pisses them off to see that this team has been the way it's been the past few years. Uh, you know, but but I, I agree with Marty in terms of, you know, trying to find ways to bring this team up to date in terms of the moves and stuff like that they make. Like I said before, like, you know, if you have an organization or ownership that that's hired all these gyms and coaches and it keeps, it's, it's not panning out, but you got to change that process. You know you got to change the process in terms of who's in there hiring, like who's a part of the hiring committee, because if we're doing the same thing over and over again, yeah, it's a different name on on the mantle in terms of head coach, but we're getting the same results. So at the end of the day, like I'm the owner, I've got to take ownership and say <clears throat> my process in terms of evaluating and hiring, you know, these coaches and GMs isn't working. So yeah. I've got to find a different way. I may have to relinquish control and let somebody else come in and take over that because what I've done, it hasn't worked. And we've seen that over and over and over again. Yeah, I actually think they have done that a little bit more now. Uh, it was very random that this this the rant came out. It had nothing to do with pretty much the game at all. Yeah. Uh, like it was just like, what was you just holding this in? You just felt this in your soul that you just finally had to get it off. The one thing that I will say that he said, uh, I gotta find this tweet here. And I will say to me, I've always thought this of the Bears organization. They never protect their players publicly. You can't now I, I don't know if you can't trust it, but you can't trust an organization uh, as a player because you can't relate to the leadership. They can't communicate with the youth. I feel like even this season, there were so many situations where all you had to say, well, Nate Davis, all you got to say, somebody in his family passed away. It's a serious situation. Yeah. Don't worry about it. You let this man take all kind of daggers, question marks on his want to be out there, question marks on his character, question marks on him wanting to be at practice. You let all of that happen. And you didn't say nothing about, and my man's got a a, a very close family member that passed yeah. away. He's going through it. He's really going through it right now. Like, y'all get off our guy. But, like, stuff like that, I, as far as communicating to the youth, I don't know. I mean, like, Brian Poles seemed like he pretty much from a generation before ours. I think he communicates with his players pretty well. But, like, yeah. the PR stuff like that, I do think that the Bears really struggle with. And we've seen that. I mean, listen, this season's been a perfect example of it. It's been multiple times this season where we've gone, what are they doing up there? Just tell the truth. Yeah. If you tell the truth, we all get off your back. Yeah, and it's hard. I think it's hard with that situation, too. Uh, you know, I see both sides from a standpoint. I see their side because it may be, I don't know, maybe he didn't want it out there that, you know, he had a family member that was that was sick. You know what I'm saying? That was going through an ordeal. Yeah, well, I can see we're going to keep this private for Nate because we don't want the world to know exactly what's going on with his family. Um, but at the same time, there was instances where they were saying we don't know where he's at. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. like that's what I didn't. So even us, we talked about it. I was like, man, like Nate Davis, you just signed here. You got to be with your guys, getting in, putting in work and yeah. you know, building continuity and chemistry and all that stuff we talk about all the time, but not knowing you know what was really happening. So I don't know, like. Should they have came out and just said, hey, you know, this and that? I, I think they was trying to keep it private for the player. But there's been other cases, like you said, where, you know, there's been, 
But even keeping it private, right? Even keeping it private, he's dealing with something very serious right now. We we ask that you respect. Like it was more so just like like they really made it sound like he didn't want to practice. Mm -hmm. How Flus would talk, how these guys would talk, they would just be like, "Hey, listen, we're talking with him right now. We're working through some things, and uh, you know he'll be out there." Yeah, yeah. (laughs) You're making it sound like he don't want to be on the practice field, coming from a place where. The head coach was like, he don't want to practice. Yeah. And maybe there's some of that into it too. I don't know. After a while, a little later in the I, I don't know. But you could have killed so much of it like, by not letting it get to that point. Yeah. 100%. I mean, people, it, and here's the thing, right? Like, you know, I have not been through that situation that he's gone through. Yeah. You know, and I think the man upstairs that I haven't gone through that situation. Yeah. Um, so, there's some players that need to practice that will need to practice to get their mind off of that situation. And there's some that's going to be so emotionally drained and, you know, hurt that they're, they can't practice. So, right. you know, I, I don't know. I mean, it, listen, and it's not, it's not to be smart to play. It's just the, the point that Marty, I think that that's the, the one thing that he said that to me was spot on where, with a lot of the players, we it, it always seems like they side with the the coaching staff, the the organization, the front office, right? We have to make them look good in this light versus the guys that are actually on the field giving blood, sweat, and tears, fighting, giving everything they got, right? And hey, I'm going through something right now, blah blah blah. Oh well, uh, we didn't know about this. We like they they always try to spin it. Man. Just tell the truth. I feel like Will Smith in concussion, right? That tell the truth. <laughs> tell the truth. Yeah, yeah I mean that's all. That's all. Uh, I mean, listen. At the end of the day, hopefully, uh, where where our organization is moving in the right direction. I do feel like we're moving in the right direction, and uh, hopefully, we keep moving because uh, the 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 coaching the coaching conversation. So basically on the post-post-game show, somebody brought up, you have to look at the greatest coaches in Bears history. And they said George Hallis, Mike Ditka, and and Lovey Smith. And that was it. And here's the thing, right? George Hallis was a coach for a long time. There's a reason why that was it, right? But from the time George Hallish finished coaching in 1967, Mike Ditka started in 1982. Ditka stopped in 92. Lovey Smith showed up in 2004. Since then, it has not gotten better, and the coaches in between are not good in the slightest. Yeah, it's crazy, right? And then, and then you look at organizations like Pittsburgh that have had, what, three, three head coaches in the entire four, history? Four, I think. I think Tomlin's four, ain't he? Is he four? I don't know. It hasn't been no. a lot. I it mean, ain't a lot. <laughs> in the whole in the whole history of the organization, which is crazy. Like, yeah, I mean, it, it's yeah. It it was it was just one of those things. It was such a sobering thought, right? Because then you look at the coaches after they move on from Love. You had Mark Tressman, who was thirteen and nineteen. You had John Fox, who was fourteen and thirty four. Yeah, Matt Nagy, who actually had a winning record of thirty four and thirty one, but. As we can see, he literally ruins quarterbacks. Pat Mahomes is not the same Pat Mahomes. Oh, it's the wide receivers. The wide receivers aren't catching. No, the play calls are stupid. Why are you running an end around on third and one? Stop it. 
Andy, take the play calling over again. He's going to get another job. It's going to be crazy. And Matt Eberflus is the worst uh, of, uh, I believe, any Chicago Bears coach with the worst winning percentage right now. A 167 win percentage there, J-Matt. 3-14. and 14. That's what we currently have uh, at the helm right now. Yeah, man. It's... Uh... I'm just glad that I had uh... – <laughs> hey, hey, Pat, my answer is, yeah, I'm just glad that I had the opportunity to be under there with Hey, listen, you had a little Dick Jerron in there. You had a little Dick Jerron in there. Dick Jerron. Out of your Dick Jerron. And after that, it was, a, it was a lovely transition. But, yeah, it's tough, man. It, it's tough. It's uh, like my man Yurko. I love my man Yurko's quote, man. Just kick me in my – that's what it is, man. Just keep kicking me in, like – Every time we bring up something good about the Bears, there's going to be something to kick you right in your Johnson to Bro, derail the good thoughts that you're having. It's so tough when you really look at it, right? Like, it's like every time, like, it's like you said, right? But every time you feel like you figured it out with the Bears, <laughs> yeah, there's something that's just like, hold on, wait a minute. We haven't kicked you and the little guys in about a week. Yeah. We got to, we got to bring that back. Like, Hey, how many times did we think we figured it out? We thought we figured it out with Nagy. Oh, this guy's going to bring us into an offensive future, blah, blah, blah. Meanwhile, he's got Mitch Trubisky dropping back, throwing 40 passes in a game, not running the football, and we like, Mitch can't throw. Yeah. And he don't want to help Mitch get better because he never liked Mitch, right? Like, that, they, that whole thing, Matt Eberflus coming in now, right, the defense feels like it's starting to get together, but you got a head coach that basically is just like, hey, you did enough. Keep it going. Don't worry about it. We, like, they... The, the it's so funny to me that when you're in that moment with Lovey Smith, you're like, okay, maybe it's time to move on from this. Maybe the players have stopped listening, which never happened. Like I don't know how that narrative got started, but like maybe the players are done with Lovey. It seems like they've all moved past. So now Mark Tressman's the answer. Mark Tressman was playing with Star Wars action figures, bro. Like what are we talking about here, bro? Like, what's <laughs> what are we doing? Yeah. It's uh, God. It's been tough, J Mac. Let's hope that uh, one day we're sitting here doing this podcast and we're not talking about a. Uh, I mean, at this point, what would it be? Love was fired in twelve. Oh God, we're past ten years against this. We have a good head coach. We all oh, wait. It's almost that time. We got to get a good one. Ninety-two to oh four, mm-hmm. and then uh, sixty-seven to to eighty-two. We 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 coming up. We got a, a good head coach coming next. It's been 10 years of misery. Now we get the good head coach where we get five years of great football and then it falls off a cliff again. It's almost that time, Bears fans. I just broke it down. It's the Konami code. I just broke down the Bears Konami code. We'll see, man. The main thing they got to get is a damn win on Monday night. That's what they got to get. I'd I'd love to see a win on Monday night. I'm going to be doing a watch party up at Logan 11. So uh, it's going to be a lot of Bears fans in there with me. And hopefully they're able to see a win with me as well. It's going to be a lot of fun there, man. Um, anything else? J-Mac heading off into uh, Thanksgiving weekend and the holiday weekend and all the fun that's uh, going to be had. You go, you finna eat, ain't you? Yeah, I'm actually uh, me, me, my brother, only Crooks and, and Big Cat. We're about to go work out so that way we can eat. <laughs> Can eat like crazy tomorrow. So, uh, but what's the what's the workout tips for for prepping for all the Thanksgiving food that people? Man, about we, to we're, we're boxing today, man. Today is our boxing day, man. So we be we got a boxing workout. Our boxing mm-hmm. trainer, um, give him a shout out, Baba Lou. It's hey, wait, y'all, y'all, you you box against Olin Cruz? Yeah, we all box, man. Me, Big Cat, and Olin. Like we we don't kill each other, but we box, move around, and stuff like that. And 
hit the mitts and, you know, we do a little movement against each other and stuff like that. We've been doing it for years. Uh, you're a better man than me, though. You boxing against Olin Cruz, that sounds terrifying. <laughs> that sounds absolutely scary, brother. You be messing with him, you be trying to get in his head, you be like, Sam Muscle ain't that good. Hey, listen, listen here, listen here. <laughs> you, you understand? And this is, this is, this is my brother, O, Olin Cruz. Yeah. This is his quote all the time, right? When you hang with the lame, you gain a limp. But when you when you're a dog, you hang with dogs. So I'm going to hang with my dogs. Hey, hey, I love it. I love it, man. Because I hey, look, he hit me. I'm a limp. I ain't gonna lie. That boy, he too big. <laughs> it's something about and they, they all a little grab too. They, they're very grabby people. The, the offensive lineman, defensive lineman. I'm a regular dude. I keep every time I see Thayer, I saw Hampton. They all grab me on the shoulder. I just get scared instantly. Oh God, like. Yeah, Don't have a flashback right now. Hey, man, we appreciate y'all for tuning in and showing love. Hit that like button. Subscribe to the page. Leave that five-star review. Y'all know what to do, man. As always, uh, for Jason McKee, it's your boy, Pat the Designer, back at it again. Uh, y'all stay safe out there, Chicago. Let's go get a dub. Bear down. Peace. Yeah.